All right, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We usually stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays at docwashburnshow.com, unless I have a campaign appearance. And I had a campaign appearance Wednesday morning at the Pilot Travel Center on the Galloway exits off the interstate in North Little Rock as the Freedom Truck Convoy came in. I met a lot of folks who are supporting my run for governor. I appreciate that. Anyway, minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. And you can always email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. Now, this is the 99th episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, March 3rd, 2022, because it's after midnight. Coming up in just a moment, January 6th committee alleges Trump and others engaged in criminal conspiracy amid bid to overturn election. The Democrats in Congress and every Republican who voted for this committee, here's looking at you, U.S. Representative French Hill, are trying to criminalize political disagreements. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, Go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. If you would like to support my campaign for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, go to our website, electdocwashburn.com. And there is a button there where you can contribute to our efforts. And we thank each and every one of you who has. All right. Let's look at this. Scott McFarlane, CBS News congressional correspondent, out there on Twitter the evening of Wednesday, March 2nd, says, Flash, in new legal filing, the U.S. House Select January 6th Committee says, quote, the Select Committee also has a good faith basis for concluding that the president and members of his campaign engaged in a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States in violation of 18 U.S. Code 371. And CBS News reporter Scott McFarlane links to the committee's full legal filing in the John Eastman lawsuit in California. There's more. The committee says the evidence supports an inference that President Trump, plaintiff, and several others entered into an agreement to defraud the United States by interfering with the election certification process, disseminating false information about election fraud, and pressuring state officials to alter state election results and federal officials to assist in that effort. The January 6th committee court filing continues, 
In addition to the legal effort to delay the certification, there's also evidence that the conspiracy extended to the rioters engaged in acts of violence at the Capitol. Oh, you mean the uh, the Capitol Hill police? The D.C. Metro police? The, the FBI assets there at the Capitol? Is that who you're talking about? Ray Epps, who you refused to uh, arrest? The rioters? Really? So the January 6th committee wants records from John Eastman, and we'll tell you who he is in a minute, and uses this argument. They say communications in which a client consults an attorney for advice that will serve him in the commission of a fraud or crime are not privileged from disclosure. The committee says the president repeatedly asked the vice president to exercise unilateral authority illegally. The committee references its interviews with accused rioters. They said several defendants and pending criminal cases identified the president's allegations about the stolen election as the motivation for their activities at the Capitol. Oh, you mean like um, staying between the purple ropes and the rope line after the police opened the door and told them to come on in? Is that that what you're talking about, the activities of the Capitol? I mean, you're certainly not talking about the uh, policeman who murdered Ashley Babbitt, are you? No, 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 no. That's that's not. January 6th Committee Chair Betty Thompson and, and U.S. Representative Republican in name only Liz Cheney said this about the legal brief in the John Eastman case, quote, Dr. Eastman's emails may show that he helped Donald Trump advance a corrupt scheme to obstruct the counting of electoral college ballots and a conspiracy to impede the transfer of power. Now, I wonder if U.S. Representative French Hill, 2nd District of Arkansas, Central Arkansas, still believes that Liz Cheney is an outstanding conservative. Well, he probably does, because he certainly hasn't taken back what he said about the idea that the landslide election stolen from Donald Trump is a fiction and a fallacy. Let me tell you what's going on here. It's not enough for the Democrat regime in Washington to persecute Trump supporters who happened to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, some of whom did not even go into the Capitol. It's not enough. No, 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 no. They are trying to get criminal charges on Donald J. Trump himself, who told the people at the rally to peacefully protest. The election was stolen. They know it was stolen. And they are trying to cement permanent power so a Republican is never elected president again. That's what's going on here. For years now, every time a Republican has been elected president, Democrats in Congress routinely object to electors, routinely claim that the the Republican could not have won without cheating. Hillary Clinton still says that Donald Trump was helped by Vladimir Putin to steal the 2016 election. Well, that's okay. 
That's okay. See, because what's good for the goose is not good for the gander as far as they're concerned. You know what I'm saying? I tried to warn y'all. I tried to warn y'all. I tried to warn members of Congress. I said on my show about Tom Cotton, U.S. Senator, Arkansas, who's poo-pooing the idea that the election was stolen. I said on my show, I said, hey, Tom, don't think you're going to be able to run for president and win in 2024 if you're going to let them get away with this. How can you be so short-sighted? How can you be so short-sighted? Tried to warn uh, U.S. Representative French Hill. But they're impervious to external stimuli, if I may use that term in present company. Now, y'all know what that means. That means they're in a bubble. Out of touch. They don't get it. They don't understand. So, when we talk on the Doc Washburn show about what they're using Ukraine to try to distract you from. First, we talked about the fact recently that Moderna comes out, had put a patent on something that wound up in the COVID-19 virus three years later. UK Daily Mail said that... uh, Scientists said there's a one in three trillion chance that that was accidental, that was uh, coincidental. You know what I'm saying? What else are they trying to distract you from? This uh, sham committee that 35 Republicans voted for. Pelosi's committee. Uh file a criminal complaint against Donald Trump in federal court? Don't think for one minute that Biden's lackey, Attorney General Merrick Garland, and of course Biden's a lackey himself, Obama's lackey, George Soros' lackey, the World Economic Forum's lackey, Merrick Garland, won't go forward with this. Don't think they're not going to try to prosecute Donald Trump. I'm warning you. Don't think they're not going to try to send an innocent man to prison. Don't think they're not going to try to criminalize political disagreement in what's left of the United States of America. So let me give you a little bit more. Let me give you a little bit more. USA Today, Kevin Johnson, 1028 p.m. Wednesday, March 2nd. Articles entitled January 6th Committee alleges Trump others engaged in criminal conspiracy amid bid to overturn election. Axios headline, January 6th panel alleges Trump may have engaged in criminal conspiracy to overturn 2020 election. Headline in the week, January 6th Committee said there's evidence Trump engaged in criminal conspiracy to overturn 2020 election. Did they all get the memo? Anyway, Kevin Johnson, USA Today, here's what he says. The Special House Committee investigating the deadly January 6th attack. Wait a minute, what made it deadly? 
the fact that uh, police murdered some Trump supporters. Oh, they still going with this thing. The cops died that day because none did. That was a lie put out by the Biden regime from day one, but none did. Just thought I'd mention that to you. While I still have the First Amendment right to free speech, which they are trying to get rid of big time. Just saying. I'm just saying. So, USA Today says a special house committee investigating the deadly January 6th attack said for the first time that it had gathered evidence indicating that former President Donald Trump and others, quote, engaged in a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States, unquote. The committee alleged in Wednesday court documents that the conspiracy occurred as Trump and his associates pushed false theories of election fraud and pressured former Vice President Mike Pence to invalidate the 2020 election. Oh, false theories, huh? False. The false theory is that dementia Joe Biden, who couldn't attract a crowd of more than a handful of people, got 81 million votes. That's your false theory. The committee disclosed in court documents, and I quote, the evidence supports an inference that President Trump and members of his campaign knew he had not won enough enough, uh, legitimate state electoral votes to be declared the winner of the 2020 presidential election during the January 6th joint session of Congress, but the president nevertheless sought to use the vice president to manipulate the results in his favor, unquote. The committee's extraordinary filing was part of its continuing legal effort to force former Trump legal advisor John Eastman to disclose documents that the company says outline a scheme to overturn the election. As part of Eastman's plan, according to the documents, Trump repeatedly pushed Pence to, quote, exercise unilateral authority illegally as presiding officer of the joint session of Congress to refuse to account electoral votes. In service of this effort, he and Eastman met with the vice president and his staff several times to advocate that he unilaterally reject and refuse to count or prevent the counting of certified electoral votes, and both also engaged in a public campaign to pressure the vice president, unquote. Committee Chairman Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi, has said the panel will be obligated to refer evidence of potential crimes to the Justice Department. Oh, I see. The crime was y'all stealing the election. The crime was y'all rigging the election. That was a crime. USA Today says it was not immediately clear whether committee intended to refer its conclusions it made public Wednesday to the Justice Department. Excuse me? They just said they're going to do it. What do you mean it's not immediately clear? You're trying to soften the blow? Is that what this is about? The new filing 
Mark, the first time the committee has made such a pointed assertion while claiming the evidence supported this conclusion. In January, Benny Thompson told ABC's This Week, quote, if in the course of our review we find something that we think warrants review or recommendation to the Department of Justice, to be honest with you, we will do it, unquote. You ever wonder about when people say, to be honest with you, if it means that when they don't say that, and not necessarily being honest with you. I heard a preacher one time say, to be honest with you, and he said, you know, I hate when I slip up and say that. I'm always honest with you. And I believe he was. On Wednesday, Benny Thompson and co-chair Liz Cheney, who's been kicked out of the Republican Party by the Republican Party of her own state, Wyoming, appeared to indicate that such evidence exists. The panel leader said in a joint statement, and I quote, The facts we've gathered strongly suggest that Dr. Eastman's emails may show that he helped Donald Trump advance a corrupt scheme to obstruct the counting of Electoral College ballots and a conspiracy to impede the transfer of power, unquote. Trump did not immediately respond to the filing late Wednesday, the allegations outlined by the committee further underscore the potential legal jeopardy facing the former president. I'm telling you, they are trying to criminalize political disagreement. In New York, Attorney General Letitia James is engaged in a continuing fight to secure the depositions of Trump and Tudor's children in the wide-ranging civil fraud inquiry related to the family business operations. A parallel criminal investigation led by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office appeared to be thrown into some doubt last week when two prosecutors overseeing the probe abruptly resigned. In Georgia, the Atlanta area District Attorney is pursuing a separate criminal investigation into Trump's efforts to intervene in the state of Georgia's election. What, by campaigning? For candidates? Give me a break. Give me a break. So this is going to be all over the news tomorrow. Maybe if they can fit it in between what's going on in Ukraine. Know what I'm saying? So, the Axios article about it reminds people that Mike Pence said recently that Trump was wrong about overturning the 2020 elections. Biden's one who overturned them. Anyway, I wonder if Sarah Huckabee Sanders still counts Mike Pence as a good friend. You know, she... She did some campaign fundraising in Indiana with Mike Pence last year. And people are like, wait a minute, they need the one to stab Trump in the back? That was before she came home to Arkansas and about a month ago endorsed a couple of Arkansas members of Congress who stabbed Trump in the back, Senator John Bozen and U.S. Representative French Hill. But anyway, 
Other political figures, including former Attorney General Bill Barr and Republican Senator Mike Brown, South Dakota, have pushed back on Trump's claim claims of election fraud. Really? Wonder why they don't mention Tom Cotton. Yeah, he uh, apparently doesn't believe the election was stolen either. That's I'm, I'm old enough to remember when he said that, right? Fascinating. Now, by the way, it's interesting that they file this stuff when they file this stuff. And I'll tell you why. Because we've got new evidence of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. And this is stuff that they really don't want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? They really don't want to talk about the new evidence of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. But I got it. And I'm going to share it with you. I don't know if anybody else is. I mean, I hardly ever have a chance to listen to talk radio anymore because I'm trying to get ready for my live stream slash podcast every day. And I'm out there campaigning for governor because I'll tell you one thing. I'm not the underdog. Against Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I'm not the underdog because wherever I go, my message is warmly received and people say, we're going to vote for you. Either we were planning to vote for Sarah, but we're going to vote for you, or we prayed that there would be some kind of Alternative, Sarah, because we didn't want want to vote for her, and we're supporting you. Anyway, we appreciate so much our advertisers. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washner show do not necessarily represent those of our advertisers, but we love them and they love us. So let me just say it. If you tried to buy a car recently, it may have been difficult for you. You realize there's such a chip shortage you might have had a hard time finding what you're looking for. I do know folks who have bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they will drive it to you no matter where you live, anywhere in the continental United States of America. Or you do what I did. If you live in central Arkansas, just go to one of their their car lots. I got a great deal recently on a 2013 Honda Accord with only 85,000 miles on it. And you know how Hondas and Toyotas are. You can drive them forever. Anyway, Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options. and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button on it that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options 
you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences. All the math happens automatically, so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. Want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV? Order online from the nationwide car dealer who believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental United States of America, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let's talk about pushing back against a, an overreaching government. So, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor if you answered yes? Any of those questions, I got a great website for you. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Now, when you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, Personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then the big, beautiful red button says schedule call now. When you click on that button, you get to book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn, who makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage and also makes sure your personalized health coverage plan doesn't force you to cover awful things like abortion which would violate your deeply held religious beliefs like some of those Obamacare plans do. Again, the website is MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. With affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Big, beautiful red button, schedule call now. You click the button, you book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money. On your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now let me give you the details on the evidence of election fraud that came out about the same time the January 6th committee decided to file a criminal complaint in federal court against Donald Trump saying that his claims of election fraud were not true. The Wisconsin Office of Special Counsel interim report on the election has some real zingers on issues the press, cable news, and politicians have heretofore declared to have been thoroughly debunked. Here's a summary of one of the preliminary findings regarding Dominion voting. And I quote, The special counsel reviewed extensive reporting of a Dominion machine failure event in another state. The office of the special counsel was able to identify through the reports of experts that the failed machine recorded two anonymous and unauthorized access events from its VPN. This means, contrary to what Dominion has publicly stated, that at least some machines had access to the Internet on election night. 
Shortly after the unauthorized access was recorded, the machine failed and was reset, wiping all voting history and forcing that election administrator to rely on unverifiable paper printouts from the failed machine. And there's more. And then they link to the full interim report. Now, regarding another election system manufacturer, ESNS, have you heard of them? That's the folks that have the voting machines in Arkansas. So, regarding another election system manufacturer, ESNS, the Office of Special Counsel, found that several machines were equipped with a 4G wireless modem. Again, this is all in Wisconsin. One municipality admitted its machines were connected to the Internet on election night. And all machines in Green Bay were connected on election night to a, quote, secret, hidden Wi-Fi access point at the Grand Hyatt Hotel, which was the location used by the city of Green Bay on the day of the 2020 presidential election, unquote. Even more disturbing was the finding that the, quote, Wi-Fi machines and ballots were controlled by a single individual who was not a government employee, but an agent of a special interest group operating in Wisconsin, unquote. Wow. The Office of Special Counsel in Wisconsin also received information, so far unconfirmed, that a private company, Command Center LLC received on election night images of cast ballots and held in its offices in Minnesota batches of actual ballots presumably to be surreptitiously fed into the counting process. The Wisconsin Office of Special Counsel hopes to further investigate these voting machines related irregularities but is getting no cooperation from either the voting machine manufacturers or the clerks. The report says the Office of Special Counsel spent a great deal of time looking into the use of a, quote, ballot tracking and harvesting application, unquote, that was used not only in Wisconsin, but in Georgia and Pennsylvania as well. The Office of Special Counsel was able to find the developer of the apps and even has the source code. These cell phone apps were part of the Zuckerberg Funded Operation Zuckerberg. Isn't he that Facebook guy that has those notorious sham fact checkers that like to suspend people like me? Anyway, these cell phone apps are part of the Zuckerberg funded operation. They allow the user access to the voter rolls. The users could do live updates on uh, live updates on ballots received by a county. All this was set up as part of the private organization's effective takeover of election administration, which was accomplished with the help of county officials. I guess there was a lot of Zuckerberg bucks, right? The interim report specifically delves into illegal ballot harvesting and abuse of elderly in nursing homes as the products of this devil's bargain between election officials and partisan groups. Notably, most of the illegal incidences 
and practices discussed by the Office of Special Counsel. With the subject of allegations of election fraud and irregularities last year, unfortunately, the media, big tech social media, and Democrat politicians engaged in a concerted effort to shut down all discussion. Now we have a legislatively appointed special counsel, a former justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, who is conducting a thorough investigation of these claims of fraud. He's finding such claims to be credible and supported by evidence he's developed to date, and he's far from finished. Far from finished. How about them apples? See, not just the Democrats in Congress, but members of the Uniparty, like French Hill. They don't they don't want to talk about this stuff. And Sarah don't want to talk about it. For sure, Sarah Huckabee Sanders don't want to talk about it. Remember? She's with her buddy Mike Pence. Raised money for her gubernatorial campaign in Arkansas and Indiana a few months ago. Her good buddy Mike Mike Pence who stabbed us all in the back. Now I gotta say something. Tuesday night, when Biden the usurper, I'll never call him president, when Biden because they stole it. Biden the usurper gave his um State of the Union address. Sarah went on Twitter and said, no apology from Biden tonight for Democrat mandates and shutdowns that hurt so many. When I'm governor, we will keep schools open, not closed, educate kids, not indoctrinate them, empower parents, not bureaucrats, and prepare students for the workforce, not government dependency. And, you know, she left herself wide open there. I, I, I couldn't resist. So I responded, what about Governor Hutchinson's shutdowns, Sarah? What about all the small businesses he caused to close permanently, Sarah? What about his mask mandates for five-year-olds, Sarah? We all criticize Biden. But you just can't bring yourself to criticize Asa. And then, of course, elect DocWashburn.com. Oh, I got an interesting response. Young lady said, Sarah did a fine job as press secretary, but we need pit bulls to stand up for us right now. You have the bark I like so far. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Foster. I appreciate that. Another one said, direct hit on her hypocrisy. Thank you. We do what we can. We do what we can. So, what does it mean? By the way, there's a guy I follow. Uh, I follow a rapper on uh, Twitter named Zuby. Goes by Zuby Music. And here's what he says: Apple and Nike have halted sales of their products in Russia. 
We live in the age of meaningless gestures and unabated hypocrisy because they sure to, they sure haven't halted anything in China. Know what I'm saying? Repeat it for the folk in the back row. They sure haven't halted anything in China where they got the genocide going on and the sweatshops, Apple and Nike. What if King James, uh, LeBron, has anything to say about any of that? No, no, he don't want anybody else saying anything about it either. Know what I'm saying? He doesn't want anybody else saying anything about it either. Interesting. Interesting. You know... Speaking of people who don't want anybody saying anything about certain things, I'm reminded of when Sarah's dad, Mike Huckabee, back in 2014, said that uh, he didn't want anybody saying anything didn't want anybody using the term uh, rhino. Remember that? Didn't want anybody using the term rhino. And uh, Mark Levin even had a uh, had something to say about. Uh, Huckabee's rhino problem at the time. Y'all remember that? Now, why did Mike Huckabee not want people using the word rhino? Which, of course, stands for Republican in name only. Well... Could it have been because the shoe fit? I think so. I think that's exactly what happened. Wait, what? Going back in history here. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee angered his Facebook fans after endorsing Tennessee Senator Lamar Alexander against conservative state representative Joe Carr. Oh, really? Now, I'm not sure what year this was. But Joe Carr had been endorsed by former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin and conservative talk radio host Laura Ingram for the Republican primary in Tennessee. And Carr had been relentlessly hammering Lamar Alexander for voting for the U.S. Senate's amnesty bill, even after law enforcement officials warned Alexander that it would lure more illegal immigrants from Central America. Nearly every one of close to 450 comments beneath Mike Huckabee's announcement on his Facebook page blasted Huckabee for supporting Lamar Alexander. One Huckabee fan said, We support... We supported and worked hard to get Governor Huckabee delegates 
when he ran in Tennessee, his endorsement of Lamar Alexander with his liberal voting record is both an insult and a disappointment. Another supporter wrote, with this endorsement, you lose my support and funds. The Huckabee fan said that Lamar Alexander has repeatedly proven himself to be as bad as a rhino and sell out to the conservative cause as Senator John McCain was and singled out his support for amnesty over simple enforcement of existing laws. Wow. So does history repeat itself with Sarah endorsing French Hill and John Bozen? Because here's an example of what some of these people said when Mike Huckabee endorsed Lamar Alexander, the liberal over the conservative Joe Carr. Here's what they said. Are you serious? You're not the conservative I thought you were. Lamar Alexander is the most liberal Republican in the state of Tennessee. Next, we supported and worked hard to get Governor Huckabee delegates when he ran in Tennessee. His endorsement of Lamar with his liberal voting record is both an insult and disappointment. Next, I guess your true colors are now showing supporting a liberal, which every, whichever the way the wind blows, part of the problem, Republican. So I can't trust who you are supporting. Next, with this endorsement, you lose my support and funds. Lamar Alexander has repeatedly proven himself to be as bad a rhino and sellout to the conservative cause as McCain in Arizona. Lamar Alexander supports the president's anti-gun agenda. This is when Obama was president. He's come out in favor of amnesty over simple enforcement of existing laws. And finally, his voting record on Obamacare is despicable. Next. Well, Mike Huckabee, I just lost some respect for you. Lamar Alexander is far from the type of candidate I want to support, and I hope you come to your senses, too. Check his record and compare it to the ideals I've witnessed you promote on so many occasions. Voted for Carr, not Lamar. Disappointed in you, Huck. I'm reminded of what the late, great Rush Hudson Limbaugh called Mike Huckabee when he was running for president. Do you remember? He called him the Huckster. Now, to my mind, that took a lot of guts. Because uh, Mike Huckabee is a Baptist minister, and a whole lot of Russia's audience, tens of millions of people, were evangelical Christians. So it, it took a lot for Rush to go out there and call Mike Huckabee the huckster. But he did. But he did. By the way, Tucker Carlson said last night, why aren't we tanking China's currency? Why aren't we banning Chinese planes from American airspace? Why aren't we confiscating the yachts of Chinese oligarchs? And again, I mean, why does it seem like all these politicians and the media, including Fox News, want World War III with Russia? I mean, I don't particularly want nukes dropped on the U.S. myself. I mean, maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe you're like, well, it's worth it. But I, I don't. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. Now, I don't know if y'all heard about the latest from Kamala Harris. 
I follow over on Twitter, Carmine Sabia, over the conservative brief, has the article, Kamala Harris mocked for explanation on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Did y'all hear this? She was on some kind of radio show called The Morning Hustle. I guess it's because you have to hustle in the morning. And she was asked, what's going on in Ukraine? And so here you go. If we can get it. Okay. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Oh, okay. I mean, so basically, oh my goodness, that's just, that's just sad. That's just sad. Fox News contributor Tammy Bruce said, I thought this was a parody. With everything we know about the incompetence and absurdity of Kamala Harris, this is remarkable. Megan McCain said, this gives me so much so much anxiety. This is like how my 16-year-old niece would answer this question. Political commentator Donald Luskin said, what's really horrifying about this is what it implies about Harris's estimation of her audience. She's not doing this deliberately to make a fool of herself. She thinks it works. Congressman Ronnie Jackson out of Texas said this cannot be serious. How does this woman still have a job? (laughs) He says she sounds like she's reading straight from a book called Foreign Policy for Dummies. Columnist Benjamin Weingarten said one can't even laugh at this. It's a catastrophe. Reporter Christopher White said, Apparently, Harris was asked to dumb down the conflict. She rolled out this explanation in in response, which I guess is good enough for folks who don't know we're about as close to a hot nuclear war as we've ever been. Kind of like Eisenhower explaining to constituents and commoners back in the day of yore why communist Russia having access to thermonukes would be a bad thing. I don't think she dumbed it down. I think she's dumbed down. That's what I'm thinking. National Republican Senatorial Committee Communications Director Chris Hartline said, I'm glad to see that the Vice President's staff printed out the Wikipedia entry for Ukraine to prep her for an interview. Otherwise, she would have sounded unprepared. I mean, really? It was just more than a week ago when Harris gave a bizarre response when asked about the possibility of Russia invading Ukraine while speaking to reporters at the annual Munich Security Conference before returning to Washington, D.C. Kamala Harris spoke about Russia-Ukraine tensions. She told reporters, and I quote, We're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years, and through those 70 years, there has been peace and security. We're talking about the real possibility 
of war in Europe, unquote. A reporter asked Kamala Harris what a Putin invasion would actually mean for Americans. said, can you explain to Americans what exactly they will face if Putin invades Ukraine? Harris responded with the word salad, quote, when America stands for her principles and all of the things we hold dear, um, it requires sometimes for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe will incur some costs, unquote. Oh, that sounds kind of like Biden from the State of Union Address saying you could bring down infl- inflation by um, reducing your costs. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, that's just nuts. All right. We are so thankful to have advertisers that support the Doc Washman Show. We appreciate y'all. I want to mention a couple of them here real quick. My friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Just as a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he sure helped me out when I was in two automobile accidents in 2019. I was in another one. December 17, 2021, got rear-ended on Colonel Glenn Road in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's been helping me out with that one, too. Now, the Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them, no matter what the injury. Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm works hard for you always. So whether you're hurt in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you are a loved one suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, at 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, now, last but not least, the best kept secret in American healthcare. These, these, these folks have helped me and my wife and so many other people so much. Maybe they can help you. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Back pain? Vertigo? Do you have problem with, problems with your, your blood sugar? Okay. Do me a favor. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Okay, look at a picture of yourself. Whether you're standing up or sitting down, do you naturally tilt your head one way or the other? Okay, that's not normal. If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and neck pain. Here's how it works, and here's why it's important that you do it. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds, but it rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So, 
It's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column could get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body the way God designed it to work. It can affect your circulatory system, your respiratory system, your digestive system, yes, even your reproductive system. And yes, it can cause migraines and neck pain and back pain, vertigo, even problems with your blood sugar. If you're in central Arkansas, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, but you're thinking, man, this sounds like something that could help me. Yeah, it could. It really could. So go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the button that says, Find a doctor near you. Okay? And maybe that'll work out for you. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Okay. I think it's about that time. Y'all think it's about that time? I love this part of the show. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the United States of America. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere you live in the USA, the Continental USA, all the four, lower 48. Okay, so today's Tweet of the Day features the best govern, governor in America, Ron DeSantis. This is actually tweeted out by uh, Seth Dillon, the CEO of the Babylon Bee, the world's most trusted, factually accurate news source. And so Ron DeSantis is at a high school, governor of Florida, at a high school, and uh, he sees a bunch of students with masks on, and he's just thinking, oh, come on, man, this is ridiculous. So here's what he says. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this focus theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. He says, you do not have to wear those masks. Please take them off. Honestly, it's not doing anything. we got to stop with this COVID theater. If you want to wear it, fine, but this is ridiculous. Okay. And his press secretary, Christina Peshaw, says, I mean, someone had to say it after two years of propaganda that terrified and manipulated young people, breathe free, feel safe, and be happy. And I notice a young man right behind him smiling broadly as he's taking his mask off until the boy's mama found out about it, and she just freaked. She just went off on it. Oh, did she complain about it online. She complained about it in front of TV cameras, too with her son next to her dutifully wearing his mask as she wasn't. 
She wasn't. That's child abuse. She knows better. Oh, she went off on the the governor telling the kids they didn't have to wear masks. She made sure that her son had his mask on, standing there in front of the TV cameras as she's standing there with no mask. Probably too stupid to realize your own hypocrisy. Yup, yup, yup. Thank you, Red River, your way. Appreciate y'all for sponsoring the tweet of the day. Let, let me, um, I haven't said anything much about uh, Biden's State of the Union address. Yeah, one of the reasons was I couldn't watch it because um, I'm angry enough they stole the election. I don't need to get angry at this guy who's a dementia patient by watching him for over an hour, right? But other folks did, and I, I, I got some comments here. From uh, Dr. Andrew Bostom. Dr. Andrew Bostom, academic internist and epidemiologist and author of non-medical tomes on jihad war, Islamic anti-Semitism, and the Sharia. He said, Biden's State of the Union address was a real-time cognitive test, which he failed at least nine times. Number one, quote, Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he will never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Of course, he meant Ukrainian. Second time, Biden failed his real-time cognitive test. He referred to a pound of Ukrainian people. The prepared text said, proud Ukrainian people. Biden later tried to say Ukrainians are fighting pound for pound with every inch of energy instead of energy. Number two way, Biden, that was number two. Number three, the third way he failed his real-time cognitive test, Biden labored through an easy line promoting Midwest manufacturing, borrowing a phrase coined by Senator Brown, Democrat of Ohio, quote, it's time to see the, uh, the uh, what used to be called the Rust Belt becoming the, uh, uh, um, the home of uh, significant resurgence in manufacturing. Number four, failure on the real-time cognitive test for Joe Biden. He misstated investigating crime prevention and community police, but according to his prepared text, he was supposed to say investing. Quote, I know what works. Investigating crime prevention and community policing. Cops who walk the beat, unquote. I'm supposed to say investing in. Number five, failure. Joe Biden, real-time cognitive test. Quote, you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. Unquote. Biden typically talks about how no one can build a wall high enough to stop the coronavirus, but this line was not in his prepared text. Number six, the way he failed the real-time cognitive test in the State of the Union address, Joe Biden referred to health programiums, 
instead of health premiums. Number seven, rubel of the ball. Biden refers to the Russian rubel. He stumbled over his pronunciation of the word ruble, a word repeatedly referred to during the Russian attack on Ukraine. Number eight way, the eighth way that Biden failed his real-time cognitive test to stay the union address, he refers to the infects, I-N-F-E-C-T-S, the infects of climate change instead of the effects. Quote, we'll do it to withstand the devastating infects of climate change and promote environmental justice, unquote. And last but not least, number nine, Biden became completely incoherent trying to talk about the number of corporations in America. Quote, there are more corporations incorporated in America than every other state in America combined, and I still won 36 years in a row, unquote. <laughs> what a maroon! Know what I'm saying? What a knucklehead. All right, we got a little bit of good news. A little bit of good news from LifeSiteNews.com. Senate Republicans plus one Democrat defeat radical bill allowing abortion on demand until birth. U.S. Senate has defeated a bill which sought to enshrine abortion on demand until birth into federal law. The Women's Health Protection Act was defeated in the Democrat-dominated Senate in a cloture vote of 48 to 46 on Monday, February 28th. 47 Senate Republicans were joined by Democrat Senator Joe Manchin in voting against the act, which would have needed 60 votes in order to overcome a filibuster. Okay, now wait, that means there were three... Republicans in the Senate who didn't show up for the vote? Really? The act had previously narrowly received the approval of the House in September last year in a vote of 218 to 211. Joe Biden also signaled his personal uh, support for the act, committing to codify Roe v. Wade in his pre-election manifesto. The misnomered women's Health Protection Act was born out of Democrats' fear the Supreme Court might eventually overturn Roe v. Wade as a result of the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization case. If the Women's Health Protection Act had been passed, it would have effectively rendered any support, any Supreme Court ruling against abortion moot, as abortion up to birth for any reason would be thus enshrined in federal law. The bill which has been repeatedly introduced over the years without success, would establish a federal statutory right to perform and obtain abortions, including after fetal viability, under the broad cover of health, and specifically forbids state from subjecting abortion to ultrasound requirements, even though these are standard to discern fetal age, mandatory waiting periods, informed consent requirements, and other health and safety regulations, such as admitting privileges. During the debate Monday, Senator Steve Daines, Republican of Montana, decried the act as extreme and said it's completely contrary to the kind of nation America is and aspires to be. He said, 
It's an egregious violation of the most fundamental of all human rights, and that is the right to life. He said, in a nutshell, this radical bill will make the United States of America one of the most dangerous places in the world to be an unborn child. He said, he said instead of following science, the Abortion on Demand Until Birth Act ignores the science entirely and would erase unborn children and even the most modest protections for their right to life from the laws of every state. Danes, the founder and chair of the Senate Pro-Life Caucus, was joined by James Lankford, chairman of the Values Action Team for a press conference before the vote in which they also criticized Democrat senators for holding the vote during Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So, what I want to know and what it doesn't say is who were the three senators, the three Republican senators who didn't show up for the vote. <sighs> oh, well. Be that as it may. Um, so, for the regular Thursday podcast, the regular Thursday live stream, uh, it won't be live uh, because... I am scheduled to meet with some folks, and I want to I want to share that with you. Tell you where I'm going to be, what what's going on. Um, it's the informed citizens of Faulkner County will be meeting for a luncheon at uh, 11 a.m. Thursday, March 3rd. That's today at uh, Larry's Pizza in Conway, but. I'm certainly going to try not to wait until after midnight to do the live stream. One one thing after another happened. I was out in the hot sun for a while um, waiting for the the truckers' freedom convoy, and it just kind of got the better of me. So I had to lie down and take a nap, a long one, when I got home Wednesday afternoon. So anyway, I appreciate you all so much. I appreciate the people listening live on the uh, on the Podbean app, and I appreciate, of course, the folks who who download later. Oh, also, 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 before I forget, I got some other stuff coming up too. I'm planning on being at the Salem Fire Department Pancake Day Saturday morning from six to eleven a.m on Salem Road in Benton, Arkansas. These are all campaign events, for me at least. I'm running for governor. And uh, I'm scheduled to speak at the Engage Ministries Fellowship Church at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday morning in Lowell, Arkansas. So y'all come see us. Y'all come see us. We appreciate it. All right, all that having been said, You've been listening to the 99th episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck 
and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Thursday, March 3rd, 2022.